On this episode of Twisted and Misunderstood, the paranormal podcast from Alison and Dominic Zenden. On this episode, we're talking wow. Well, more precisely, the wow signal. What is the wow signal? Have you heard of what it was? And what's the likelihood of knowing where it may have come from? Also, we're going to talk about some of the aspects of sleep paralysis. Is that connected to alien abduction? Are people just dreaming that they're being abducted? And some of the developments in ufology over the last few weeks, there's been a lot of disclosure, which they're now calling soft disclosure, and certain people have been to the forefront in that. All on this episode of Twisted and Misunderstood, your paranormal podcast here on Anchor. On this episode of Twisted and Misunderstood, we're going to discuss the wow signal. Now, what is the wow signal? Well, you may not have heard of it. You may not even know that this signal existed. But we're going to discuss the origins, what it could have been, and where it may have come from. So quite a lot to get your mind around if you've never heard of it. So with me is Alison Zenden today. And Alison, have you ever heard of the wow signal? I have. It it was a very unusual signal. It was a signal that was received by something called the Big Ear Radio Telescope. And it was a base. Basically, we thought maybe it was a sign from outer space. Well, it's it is a signal from outer space. It actually originated in the Sagittarius quadrant of the sky. And the reason we noticed it at the Big Ear Radio Telescope was it was so different to all the other empty space signals that have actually come from the radio telescope listening. Now, when we listen to outer space, all we get really is static and ones and twos. They're all the numbers that come up. The the wow signal was an amazing signal. It had lots of different characteristics, lots of different letters and numbers. And it was something that stood out so strongly on the actual transmission sheets that the guy had that he wrote wow next to it because it was such a thing. You mean, you, you know a little bit more than me, Alison. So what, what do you know extra about the wow signal? Well, I know it was the astronomer called Jerry Emmon. He was the one that wrote wow next to it. 
because at, at this time it was 1977 so it's 40 years ago and and he thought that maybe obviously it was just two comets maybe passing through the part of the sky at this time and just sort of surveying it but then again some claim it was aliens that caused it other people say well it was a hydrogen cloud here as well so there's a lot of sort of explanations what it is but there's been no definitive sort of ideas about it so people have speculated they've talked about it they've even tried to figure out what it meant to pick up that radio signal yeah but nobody knows even 40 years, which is a long time after the case, nobody knows definitively what that well signal was, do they? No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, the date, the data was received and a few, it was a few days later that they really sort of looked at it and thought, my goodness, you know, what is this? It, this is, wow. <laughs> yeah. And, and have they ever tried to recreate and, and rehear this signal? since no no not as 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 we know it no um i mean obviously it's 1800 light years away in the center of the milky way galaxy i think you misheard me i I, what i was saying to you was have they ever tried to get this signal back have they ever tried to reposition the telescope in exactly the same position in the sky so they can re-listen to this one signal because if you can get it once it could be an accident couldn't it it could be something which yes. is totally misrepresented or misheard but if you can repeat it and get the signal again then there may be something to it and what i think has happened since that signal was actually first heard in 1977 is they pointed their radio telescopes to the point in sagittarius where it was picked up in the sky and they've never been able to hear it again have they no it's just never come through no never so so it's one odd signal that could be and speculation now talks about it being an alien civilization that sent the signal they've actually said it could be them just talking to themselves that we've actually stumbled upon by being in the right place at the right time a pure by chance a miracle a, a chance in a billions that we could actually stumble upon it because when we talk about connecting with space and the vastness of space signals that come through that vastness we have to be in the right place at the right time and have the right equipment to be able to hear them don't we Oh, definitely. Yeah, we re- we really do. Yeah. I mean, some people just said it was a, a natural sort of phenomenon, really. So is that possible? You know, is it possible that it was just something? Because I know that us as a as a life form, we have mobile phones, we have, um, you know, computers, data. But you think this was in 1977. Yeah. Now you go back and think what technology we had in 77 compared to what technology we have today. Very minimal, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah we you know, we had TVs, didn't we? We had radios, we had radar, mm-hmm. but we didn't really have too many handheld devices where we communicate with each other. I don't know, maybe CB radio yeah. or something like that. Yeah. But it was very basic. I mean, our basic um, TV channels were, I think at that time, were probably about three channels in England. 
So yes. there was very limited um, reaction to that particular signal because we're thinking, hang on, if something like this can be picked up, what are they actually doing? What are these radio telescopes doing? Are they really searching for extraterrestrial life or are they a disguise? Are they there as a, almost as a something to take our attention off extraterrestrial life? Because everybody in the UFO community and a lot of people that have actually studied alien life or ET or extraterrestrial life believe that we already know that alien life exists. So why would we need a radio telescope somewhere in America, California, I believe, to be tuning in and monitoring a signal from a distant galaxy out near Sagittarius? No, absolutely. Absolutely. I think probably, obviously, it was, I would say it was, it was an accident, a pure maybe just an accident that they came across all this. Yeah, but it could be more than that, couldn't it? It could be pushing us down the wrong direction. We might be actually looking at that thinking, wow, okay, we found this, this signal. This must point to alien life. Let's keep pushing. Let's keep looking for that signal again. And while we're looking for that signal, they're making packs with alien races that have already been on Earth since 1947. Do you see the difference? It's yeah. a bit more to it. It's a bit of a disguise, isn't it? It's a bit of a way of getting people's attention on something different whilst we're actually talking to aliens, while we're actually interacting, and whilst we're actually having really them a part of the community, but only the governments and the military and the people that are in that sort of situation know about it. Because if we if we picked up a UFO, which we reckon we did in 1947 at Roswell, yeah, yeah, and some dead alien bodies, 1947 we're talking about. That's 30 years before the whale signal. That's right. So yeah. so you can't tell me that we didn't know that aliens or extraterrestrial life existed. So why have all this facade of trying to track a signal from billions of light years away? Well, we already know they exist. Yeah, when you put it like that, doesn't really make sense, does it? It doesn't. Really? And, mm. and it's really a part of the whole phenomenon of um, UFOs, aliens, all this thing about creatures from outer space, is that the possibilities are that we knew about it. You know, Project Blue Book is absolutely a, a big, big, big project in America where they kept a lot of these things actually on file, a lot of these um, encounters with aliens, with UFOs, the Majestic files as well. Um, another one where Majestic had lots of information about Earth alien contact, but we didn't actually hear about it up until recently. So could it be that we're being pushed into understanding that maybe aliens are out there but they're so far away and the chances of us meeting them are so rare that we shouldn't really be that bothered you know it's so much effort just to get one signal you know one signal in what how many years of radio telescopes you know 1919 the first radio telescope built so in all that time over a hundred years of searching the skies with telescopes radio telescopes we get one signal yeah. In 40 years. <laughs> well, not yeah. just 40 years, but 100 years. 
right because we started doing this way back in the 1920s so if you think about that that to me is a way of distracting the real proper information coming through to us and at this moment in time the wow signal is still being debated has it come from aliens does it come from technology is it a satellite that's going around the earth um so many theories but really mm. what is the most important thing at this moment in time is being able to understand that aliens people or intelligent humanoids uh, that are born outside of our planet actually reside and visit our planet surely that's more important right now yeah i think it is more yeah. important yeah and even if you take it to the next stage and you talk about charles hall charles hall is such an interesting guy he worked with the tall whites in the nevada desert if i remember correctly as a meteorologist and he actually has written several books about his experiences with these tall whites well that was back in 1967 charles hall and the tall whites so if you think that's 10 years before the wow signal so that's true yeah, yeah. so we yeah. already know betty and barney hill's abduction 1962 we already know about aliens visiting our planet so we already know that they can have vast um, intelligence and communication skills we know they're here so why focus on the wow signal it doesn't make sense to me this is a big part i think of the american government um the military um all the militaries right across the world being very closed about what they know there's so many more encounters that go on than what we're told about and the truth behind extraterrestrials has to start to come out and what they actually talk about is bringing it out as soft disclosure okay right okay? Yeah. and soft disclosure is about letting it out piece by piece by piece in a way where people don't panic so drip feeding us information as we go along yeah little bits of, mm. uh, of things that we may not feel too threatened by in other words the fact that we might have had an encounter at roswell well that's the first thing that that comes to mind then people like charles hall are allowed to talk very much within the way that they want to talk about their experiences while serving in the u.s military and and that's really good and there's also walter what was his name that the the other guy that was the alien translator that was um really good he he actually well i can't remember his name right now i'll, I'll try and remember it for part two but he was um somebody that was able to interface with aliens and communicate with aliens and we wrote about this guy in our um angels on our side book because he was somebody that actually claimed that he was taken to facilities where he was able to communicate telepathically with the alien beings that have been captured after craft had actually fallen or crashed or, or been shot down That's so right, it yeah. was clarence stone wasn't it that clarence was his name. Stone, yes. yeah clarence stone so i mean another guy to look up you know charles hall clarence stone are these people lying to us are they just making up these fictional stories about their encounters with extraterrestrials or is there something much more bob lazar another guy who talks about working on the technology of an alien spacecraft 
Is this another guy? Are we being absolutely swamped by people making up stories? Or is their credibility being undermined by the US government allowing us to see that there may be a signal coming from a, a constellation in Sagittarius, which is about 12 light years away, that is the wow signal. It, it doesn't seem to make sense, does it? No, there's been so much go on, hasn't there? And uh, we, we hear so many people say that they've had all these experiences. I, I don't think they can just sort of make it up like that. I really don't. No, I don't think so. I think there's something more to it. And in part two, we're going to start talking a little bit about um, sleep paralysis and the alien abductions. And also someone that I've come to become very interested in, in the last few months, which is um, Lou Alexandro. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's been very prominent and very prominently pushed out there to talk to people like myself about the UFO or the the phenomenon about you know these craft in our skies, and his background's extremely interesting, and it might surprise you a little bit where his actual where he's where he was before he started to become a public figure. That's going to be in part two. We're now on the Paranormal Podcast, Twisted and Misunderstood on Anchor. We're going to talk a little bit about sleep paralysis and the relationship that has with alien abduction. Now, sleep paralysis is quite an interesting subject. It shows that our brain wakes up, but our body doesn't. And Alison has just been writing a book on dreams and the meanings and different conscious states of sleep. Alison, what's your sort of thoughts on sleep paralysis and the alien sort of abduction side? Um, yeah, they seem to sort of go parallel to each other because what people seem to um, pick up when, they, when they've had dream paralysis, they are almost like stuck to the bed. They cannot move. They're absolutely rigid, but their brain is really kind of awake. So they're wanting to scream. They're wanting to talk. They're wanting to, to interact, but they can't. They're absolutely almost like they're rigid and it's almost like oh I just want to get out and so many people I've spoken to feel that they're trapped within their bodies and that they think they're having a stroke they think they're absolutely going mad here as well so there's so many things that again everyone I've spoken to has the same ideas about how dream paralysis affects them. So do you think that's a reasonable explanation for why these people are claiming to be abducted? It could be part of it. Yeah, I don't think it's all of it, but I think it could be part of it. 
I think that they're people that obviously have certain ways that their brain works and functions. I think that they seem to be quite active people as well that it's happened to. They seem to be people that can't sleep particularly well. So maybe it's something that happens during the REM part of sleep, which is the rapid eye movement sleep Maybe, well. Maybe it could. And, and maybe there's as a part of it that explains that that if somebody's paralyzed on the bed, they're in a panic mode, they start to go into a, a, a waking dream in their head and they feel like they're spinning or being lifted up by a laser beam you know, into a, into a spaceship. Those things could explain some of that. But there's a couple of really interesting stories about alien abduction that I want to bring into this. Um, the first one was in New York City. There was a lady sleeping in bed when she claims that she was actually picked up by a beam of light taken out of her window, which was a, a tower block window, and taken on board a spacecraft. Now, you would think that claim was quite fantastic, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd think it's a little bit far-fetched, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was four in the morning, New York City, not that many people about, but there was one person around being driven back from a conference at the United Nations. It was the United Nations Consulate General um, who had actually been in New York City at the time and he had his two bodyguards and he was being driven along the side of the road when they saw this lady floating in the air. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So, <laughs> so if you think about it in the way that these witnesses have actually come through, they actually said they saw her. Now, first time that I've ever heard that someone's seen someone being transported, apart from the guy in Canada when he got um, with the loggers and the, you know, all the tra Travis someone or other, and he he reckons his mates saw him being taken into a UFO and brought up by a beam of light. This lady in New York was seen by people that didn't know her being transported into a UFO. Now, you explain that as sleep paralysis. Well, you can't, can you? No. You really can't. No. no. So, so whereas sometimes people actually claim that sleep paralysis is actually responsible for all these alien abductions, they're not. They could be a part of it, and that's always worth investigating. But there are cases where people have been taken on board spaceships, and they have been transported in a beam of light, floated through the sky and into the ship. Now, this was one of the, the famous cases. This is one of those ones because it was United Nations Consular General who was actually seen this with his two bodyguards. They were credible witnesses. And a lot of these things happen at nighttime or when it's dark. And you find that a lot of the witnesses to UFO phenomenon are people that are working that time of night. So people that are emergency services, people that are lorry drivers, people that are policemen, all that sort of people, they're the ones that report these phenomenons. Now, these are the most reliable people that you could probably get. You know, police officers are trained to witness situations. Yeah, they're very observant, aren't they? So they yeah. notice, don't they? Mm -hmm. So how can these things be dismissed as just pure fantasy? No, I don't think they can. Or, I really don't. Or dream states? Not like that, no. 
It doesn't no. make sense, does it? That there are these things that happen. There's also a guy in Canada. He was their defense minister for some time. Again, name name avoids me right now, but he is adamant that this is a phenomenon that's in our sky. This is a phenomenon of something we do not understand what it is. And he doesn't come out and say these are aliens in our sky, but he says we do not know what they are. Now, he's been talking on record since about 2004, which is, you know, now 17 years. So that's quite a long time. And now we've got somebody new coming onto the UFO scene, haven't we? But he doesn't yes. call them UFOs, does he? No, he calls them UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. Yeah, so, so he's actually saying there's something there, but he's calling them something different. So they're not no longer unidentified flying objects or flying saucers, the UAPs. And can you remember the name of this guy that's been in the media an awful lot just recently? Uh, yeah, uh, Lou Alexandro. Yeah, so this guy, he comes from nowhere. He doesn't really introduce himself. He comes out and he starts showing this film of this, um, this pilot of the Nimitz um, carrier in the Sea of California being buzzed by a UFO. And they called it Go Fast because it was a little tic-tac-shaped object that went really fast against the wind and the pilots, you can hear them saying, what is that? Why is that happening? What's going on? And he brought this to the public. He actually had a show on history called Unidentified. And he had a few major politicians from the Senate in America that are actually with him. And they were talking about the possibilities of what this was. That's right, yeah. Do you see? Yes, yes. And, and so he brings that all to the fore, okay? He starts talking about this phenomenon, but nobody really knew who he was. So have you any idea where his background is? Uh, military? Yeah. 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 He was a propagandist in the U.S. military. He was one of the guys that actually disguises situations so they look different to what they actually are. So he's a disinformation person. That was his job in the U.S. military. He was special forces. Then he went into propaganda and he went into all this sort of um, cloak and dagger, smoke and mirrors stuff where he was writing and actually misinforming to actually bring an advantage to the battlefields. So, Louis Alexandro is somebody that has got a background in counterintelligence. Wow. Okay. Mm. And counterintelligence basically is propaganda. And all of a sudden he's pushed out. He resigns from his job. This, this wonderful job that he has with the U.S. military because he reckons that the truth isn't being talked about. And he starts to present stuff to the public. Now, doesn't that sound a little bit too good to be true? It does. And when it sounds like that, it is. Yeah, it certainly mm. is. And what happens a lot of the time in ufology circles is if they're actually the American government or the English government or even the French or the Italians start to push in one direction, it means something else is happening in another direction. 
Yeah, trying to sort of like here make you watch something where something else is going on. Something really is happening mm. elsewhere. Mm. And I think I look at this and think, gosh, what is he disguising? What is he distracting us from actually seeing? Why have all of a sudden of these these bits of footage come out of US Navy pilots chasing and filming these 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 special craft that are going beyond you know the, the speed of sound beyond the speed of light and they are putting so many g's that no man would survive in those craft why would he suddenly be showing them commentating on them and why would there be pilots navy pilots actually brought out into the public domain to talk about their experiences yeah, surely it'd be covert wouldn't it yeah mm -hmm. they're, they're deflecting attention away from something else and what what we reckon is it's um, soft disclosure. They're right. slowly building up the public to actually understand that there is alien life. Yeah, you know, that's the first thing. The the Hubble telescope finding billions of little tiny blue dots. So you know, there's there's millions, probably billions of Earth-like planets in our own galaxy. So you know, from actually 20 years ago thinking we were the only blue dot to now 20 years later where we know that we're not yeah that the chances of intelligent life having reached our planet even if they are a civilization that's only maybe 200 years ahead of us would be quite high in our own galaxy think about it if they are a thousand years ahead a million years ahead think of their technology think of what they would actually bring to the table within where they are the military obviously want that technology. They don't want people to take that technology away from them. They want to be dominant. And especially the American government and the English government, they all want it for themselves. So they're not going to come out and tell us that these, these machines are, are run intelligently. They're going to say they don't know what they are. Yeah, yes, should... yes, they'll only give us such an amount to to digest and to look at. Yeah. And to hear. We're yeah. too busy looking over our shoulders at what the Russians and the Chinese are doing, aren't we? Too scared to think that they might get that technology before us and, and vice versa. So this whole Louis Alexandro sort of program that he's actually started to introduce is just a bit of smoke and mirrors to get us to look away while they go and do the things that matters. There's another point to this as well. In 2009, a computer hacker actually looked at the NASA files. Do you, do you know much about this, Alison? Um, yeah, I've heard about it. Yes, I don't know too much about it, but I've, I've heard about it. And I know he got into a lot of serious trouble about it, didn't he, as well, by doing it. He did. Mm. He really did. And what happened was that there was files left on the computer. That's right. And they actually had to really kind of um, sort of work out exactly what was happening, what he was looking at. I mean, really, that the guy was a young guy. And I think really he, he'd probably been doing it all his life. But at this particular time, he didn't get away with it. No, but he hacked into the NASA computer and found that there was um, terrestrial, non-terrestrial space program which meant that there's a space fleet of these um, piloted by humans and non-humans. Incredible when you think about that. What a disclosure. You know, all the time that they're telling us about the wow signal, they're actually building a space fleet with 
different creatures, different intelligent beings from other planets to to be up in space. So kind of like all working alongside each other, yeah, basically. Absolutely. So while we're watching this radio telescope pick up the signal from Sagittarius, they're actually putting together machines and and you know stations and things in space that are actually manned by non-terrestrial officers. Yeah. So can you see yeah. the, the ludicrousy of actually what they show us and what we're actually being given yes. to what is actually really, truly happening? Yeah, I, yeah it is. It really is quite mind-blowing, really. Yeah. Isn't it? And then they troop out this Louis Alexandro to actually put out these little bits of footage on telly because they know that people are actually getting closer to real the real truth. And but, that's the bit that matters, isn't it? Where we Where we are, what we want to find out. But have we really found out anything from the programme apart from just little dribs and drabs, really? Oh, oh, no, they told us nothing. Not really. They've told us nothing we don't know. All they've done is tell us that there's a lot of intelligent people out there very worried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah? Yes. So so if you get a chance, um, it's on the History Channel. Go and have a look. Um, you can look it up on YouTube. Go and look at Unidentified. It's quite an interesting programme for what it doesn't say. There's also lots of information on YouTube about sleep paralysis and alien abduction and how the two come together and what, what is actually happening. And the story of the lady in New York who was transported out of her out of her building and actually the United Nations general actually saw her do you know, you know, in the middle of the, the sky. Those things are things that actually happened. And that is a phenomenon. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Mm. So there could well be more going on than what was shown, but where it leads, only we will find out as the future comes in. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure that will happen one day. Yeah, they have to, don't they? They have to let us know in the future what has actually been going on. This has been Alison Zenden, Dominic Zenden, for the Twisted and Misunderstood podcast here on Anchor. If you've enjoyed it, please come again next week when we talk about another subject. Until then, it's goodbye from myself, Dominic, and... Alison, thank you.
are going away. Yes, we're going away, not from the podcast on Anchor, but for a workshop masterclass in a really, really quiet, secluded location in Cambridgeshire. If you want to come to meet us, if you want to come and join in with some of the masterclasses, this is an overnight accommodation plus course. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be kept down to a few selected particular people that want to come, and it's also going to have an awful lot of interest. So if you're a part of wanting to learn your own psychic development, if you want to know how to read auras, maybe you might just want to have a reading or sit and chat about some of the things that we talk about here on Twisted and Misunderstood. But either way, if you want to come, contact me via email on twisted and misunderstood, all one word, at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. Yes, you. If you've been listening to the Twisted and Misunderstood Paranormal Podcast, we are now six months old, and we want to hear your reaction. If you have any questions, any comments, anything at all, just get in touch with us here at Twisted and Misunderstood. The address, you can email me at twistedandmisunderstood at gmail.com. You can get in touch with the show here on Anchor. You can come and leave me a voice message. Just follow the instructions at the front of the page. Or you can actually come onto my website, which is mindsight.org, and leave a message via the contact page. Let us know what you're doing whilst you're listening to the Twisted and Misunderstood Paranormal Podcast.